and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of January 8th, 2024. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And it was a short week without a ton of volume, 594 million shares traded across the Select Sector Spider lineup, but it was a red week to start the year. S&P 500 down 1.52% for the week, which brings the year-to-date gain, easy calculation for me, a 1.52% loss for 2024. Now, you decompose what happened this week, and it was very different from what we saw in 2023. Remember, we came off a year in which the S&P 500 was up well north of 20%, led largely by technology, communication services, and consumer discretionary. And then you look at this week, and you had technology down 4.34%, discretionary down 3.41%, and communication services down 85 basis points, or 0.85%. So those three leadership sectors that drove so much of the market, led by, of course, the Magnificent Seven in 2023, were the laggards for the first week of 2024. And you could posit that this was just profit-taking at the beginning of the year, coming off a year in which those sectors performed so well and people are sort of truing up their sector exposure in early 2024. Or, of course, you could try and read through to what it means and what the implications are for 2024 performance. I'm not going to do that based on one week. What I am going to do is just look at which sectors worked. And it was the sectors that largely lagged in 2023. Best performing sector for the week was healthcare up 2.01%, followed by utilities up 1.89%. Now, you can't even say that this was just a defensive story because Staples was down three basis points. You had energy up 1% for the week, despite the volatility that we saw last week in crude oil prices and then financials up 43 basis points. So you had just four sectors of the S&P 500 up for the week. XLRE, the sector that had been so strong in the fourth quarter, leading the market off of that October 27th bounce, was down 1.92%. So all in all, a week in which you didn't have a ton of volume, it was a condensed week, but you had a different type and a different tone of leadership than you saw for the bulk of 2023. And it wasn't necessarily the data's fault because we saw ISM services PMI missed, if only slightly. ISM manufacturing did beat, but that remains in contraction territory. Then we got S&P services PMI, which showed the 11th straight month of expansion. And even the ISM services PMI, which missed, is knocking on the door of contraction, it was just 50.6, which is the 12th straight month of expansion for that services index. But importantly, within there, there was some quotes from Chris Williamson, the chief business economist at S&P Global Market, which said, the more challenging demand environment has dampened firms' pricing power, squeezing service sector selling price inflation to the lowest for over three years on average during the fourth quarter. With sticky service sector inflation being a key area of concern among Fed policymakers, the slower rate of price increase in December is welcome news. So this is all coming ahead of 
a PPI and CPI print next week. And so on the one hand, you have services sector, which has showed continued strength, both as measured by S&P PMIs and ISM services measurement. But importantly, you're starting to see some indications that inflation in this key category of the market is starting to, at the very least, wane. And that is very much good news. Now, the flip side is, is that on Friday, we got a payrolls print. And that payrolls print was better than expected, 216,000 jobs versus 170,000 jobs expected. Of course, as we've seen consistently through this cycle, the prior two months were revised down. But importantly, wage growth was higher than expected. And we've heard time and time again that one of the concerns about the inflationary backdrop and the trajectory of inflation is the persistence of wage growth and what it means and how that translates to persistent inflation. Whether or not that plays out here in 2024 remains to be seen. But all in all, from a data perspective, it wasn't necessarily the data that drove the market this week. Although on Friday, of course, the market was trying to grapple with that payrolls print, which shows continued strength in the employment market, but also persistently high wage pressure to the upside, which is very much kindling for the fire that is inflation. On the flows front, we saw 9 million shares created across the select sector spider lineup over the rolling one-week period, 5 million new shares created in XLV or healthcare, 4 million or so shares created in XLI and XLF, industrials and financials, and then 2.3 million shares in XLRE. Flip side is we saw 4.6 million shares redeemed out of XLC, and then right around 2 million shares redeemed out of XLE and XLY. So all in all, pretty tepid creation and redemption activity this week across the lineup. But as we talked about in the fourth quarter, it is true at least historically, that the fourth quarter and the first quarter tend to have tremendous creation and redemption activity in various directions based on tax loss harvesting activity that takes place in the fourth quarter and then repositioning that takes place in the first quarter. So we'll see if that's the case here in 2024. And ultimately, it's a tribute to the fact that the select sector spider lineup, as we talk about, is one of those lineups that does have such a wide breadth of participant. You've got model portfolio providers and major wirehouses and independent broker dealers and all of these various platforms, TAMPs, et cetera, that use sector spiders as their de facto way to play the sector space. And you've got a tremendous amount of retail investor interest in this product lineup, given the strength of the brand. And of course, institutional owners, hedge funds, endowments, et cetera, who do place really large trades in these products, either in sophisticated strategies, whether it's a hedge fund trying to put on a trade to hedge out specific exposure in the financial sector against an individual position in that sector, or by and large, using option strategies and the like to deploy their sector strategies. So something to watch here in the first quarter is, how robust is creation activity 
in the select sector spider lineup and what does it portend to as it relates to how people are positioning for 2024 because last year once again the leadership in those three sectors xlc xly and xlk was so profound and the underperformance of some of the defensive sectors at least historically was so dramatic that typically investors may be positioning for mean reversion and to that end the sector in focus this week is healthcare and healthcare was the best performing sector this week, as I mentioned, up 2%. But healthcare had one of its, if not its worst year on a relative basis to the S&P 500 in 2023 that we've seen. And this is a sector that is a fairly large weighting in the S&P 500, unlike utilities and staples in that defensive segment of the market. So when you get that type of underperformance, it's not as if it's coming from a 2% weighting in the market. It's a significant weight in the market. It typically does have a large influence on the market's performance. And so anytime you see this type of underperformance from the healthcare sector, you have to dig in a little bit and see what happened. And of course, what it means for 2024. And when you look at healthcare, there's some things that at the very least stack up well for the healthcare sector going into 2024, one of which is consensus earnings growth. If you look at which sectors are expected to grow their earnings the most in 2024 on a consensus basis, it is, as you would imagine, communication services, number one, technology, number two, the third fastest grower of earnings on a consensus basis for 2024, based on expectations, of course, is healthcare. So it's a sector that's expected to grow earnings significantly in 2024 relative to the rest of the market, just behind technology and communication services. And yet it's trading at 18 times 2024 EPS. Compare that to 16.3 times consensus 2024 earnings for communication services and 24 and a half times consensus earnings estimates for XLK. And it sort of slots in between those two. So relative to the market, trading at a slight discount relative to those sectors, either trading at a premium or a discount, depending on which sector you're looking at. But among its defensive peers, it's growing earnings significantly faster than staples, significantly faster than utilities, at least on expectations for 2024. And then because it's had this really poor relative performance in 2023, there is the potential that you get some mean reversion in healthcare relative to the market. And we've seen that during periods historically when healthcare is underperformed. Of course, we do tend to see significant sector dispersion in years in which we have presidential elections. And you go back to the last six presidential elections and healthcare has outperformed the market three, three times and underperformed the market three times. So it's a coin flip in terms of whether or not it outperforms the market in a presidential election, at least over the course of the last six presidential election cycles. Now, that's not instructive because every market is different, every environment is different, and of course, every presidential election is very different. But if you're looking at healthcare, what you typically say about healthcare is it's a low beta sector, about 0.64. It's got a standard deviation less than 15%, which is tied with staples for the lowest in the market. So it is defensive in terms of its relative volatility and has been historically 
the sector does have relatively low leverage, debt to equity below one. So it's got characteristics of quality, characteristics of defensive. Historically, it's, if not the best, one of the best from a risk reward perspective over the long haul. So zooming out and looking at market history. And so what are the risks for healthcare going into 2024? One of the big risks, of course, is verbiage from the election cycle, repositioning and reconfiguring how we price drugs, especially as it relates to Medicare. And that will, in theory, be a big campaign topic as we head into the fall. That is not necessarily good for pharmaceutical companies or for healthcare providers, which make up the bulk of the healthcare sector. Now, as we've talked about historically, healthcare has the unique balance of very stable cash flow generating businesses at the top of the cap spectrum with more growth oriented segments like biotech down the cap spectrum within the S&P 500 in the healthcare sector. But how that works on a relative basis in 2024 remains to be seen. One of the benefits of interest rates having come down from their recent highs is that in theory, it does open the door for more attractive financing for M&A activity, which of course is a big driver of that biotechnology space as those companies develop drugs, bring them to market, get acquired by large pharmaceutical companies who then roll them into their overall drug portfolio. Whether or not this all plays out in 2024 remains to be seen, but it is a sector that we're going to watch very closely in 2024. And I'm sure the market will continue to monitor because of some of these very sort of complicated dynamics that relate specifically to this sector, the fact that it is a big weighting in the S&P 500, and of course, because it lagged the market so considerably at a record level, in fact. So with that, let's look ahead to next week's economic data. We get CPI and PPI, as I mentioned. So beyond those two prints, there isn't a lot of economic data, but these are, of course, the two most important economic data points beyond perhaps a Fed meeting that the market will be paying attention to. And given that CPI and PPI have given have been giving the market what it wants in terms of normalizing levels, normalizing rates of inflation, both at the consumer and wholesale level, it is important from a market perspective that we continue to see that trend because that in theory portends to less hawkish Fed meetings, less hawkish Fed policy, and the market is pricing in multiple rate cuts. And the Fed itself is, in fact, expecting multiple rate cuts in 2024. On the earnings front, we have just one company reporting, and that is BlackRock, the elephant in the room in the ETF space, if you will, which will kick off earnings season on Friday. And then we'll get into the heart of it with the following week being a week that has more than 10 companies reporting and so on and so forth. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me once again. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. As always, thank you so much for listening and please visit sectorspiders.com for everything you need related to sectors. Take care and have a great week. 